You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. Good morning, Father Paul. How are you today, sir? Good morning. I'm fine. I hope you are fine, too. <laughs> St. Paul says, we'll wait until the Lord comes to determine the answer to that question. <laughs> yes, that's good. Good enough we'll, for me. We'll kick off today, Father Paul, with chapter 19. If you don't mind, we'll just continue our study of Genesis with you. Chapter 19, very interesting, as we shall see. First of all, the two angels came to Sodom. Okay, we realize that we have the Lord plus two messengers, as I said earlier, regarding 18. Let's not play on this Trinity business and so on, despite the icon. I mean, originally it was the welcoming of Abraham. And now we have another personality person, it's Lot, who was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And he said, my lords, notice here the plural, because two people turn aside, I pray you, to serve and spend the night. This is the famous welcome. And they said no, and then he urged them and he asked them to come in. And he prepared for them an interesting word is mishte. It's a word whose root is shata, to drink. And thus, you know, the feastly meal is a feast where you have a drink, wine, and so on. And nowadays you would say, let's open a bottle of champagne and so on. Okay. And baked unleavened bread and they ate. But then we have this story of the men of Sodom who wanted to impose themselves sexually from the text. It will appear that that is the intention for a simple reason that Lot would offer them his own daughters to lie with. And that we have two strange things in this chapter that scandalize the people nowadays. The first one, how could a father offer his two daughters to save the visitors, even sexually? And the other one, which I believe it's even stranger, is that the two daughters plan to lie with their father to continue the progeny. So let's take it the way it is, not only against the original setting, but along the lines of the story. And the story is, again, that the progeny of Lot was about to be totally eliminated. Okay, it's like the story of the flood. You're really on thin ice, as we say today. And it is God that pushes ahead through ways that are strange to you. That is the message of the story. You may not conclude that, oh, then I'll do the same thing. And so that's not the point. 
Okay, like nowadays, you cannot have a meal the way the Romans had it. I mean, you can reenact this in movies. You cannot do it. So, what is important is the message of the story. Hence, my stress on hearing scripture as parabolic stories unto instruction. Very important to stress this, the Musar. I was taping the last few days Jeremiah, you know, and I stressed the voice of God that becomes in actuality a Musar instruction to you. So let us make this effort and not judge the ethics of it doesn't mean that you conclude you can do the same and be unethical. You see, that's the trouble with people. They take the scriptural text totally out and then they parachute them in their time now. You don't do that. Like if someone comes to you, no one is asking you to bow down before them. But it's respect towards the stranger. Okay? Remember the letter to the Hebrews. Abraham received strangers, and lo and behold, it was God visiting him. And then in the monastic tradition, we have this very much stressed. So let's keep this in mind and just listen to the story. Lot tried to defend and ask the people, and here we have a very interesting word, do not act so wickedly in verse 7. And which is the hifail of Ra, to act badly, evilly. Okay? And the original is very important because it reminds us of the beginning of chapter 6. Acting in a way that would stir the ire and wrath of God, where he would come and destroy totally. Notice the parallelism between the verdict in chapter 6 and the verdict here, and we're going to find that same word in a few verses. Hishhit, the hifail of shahat to erase, make something totally disappear, destroy, and the parallelism with Genesis chapter 6 is very clear. So that is the movement of the story. And in 8 we have, I have two daughters who have not known man, let me bring them out to you. They said, stand back. Okay, this fellow came to sojourn and he would play the judge. They are speaking of Lot, that he is an outsider and he wants to impose on us a certain behavior. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. 
So they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door. But the men, and here the men are the two messengers, put forth their hands and brought Lot into the house to them and shut the door. Okay, you see the function of the two messengers that came with the Lord. Okay, again, a classic thing in the Bible that God, and then we hear it in the New Testament, Jesus, you sent first messengers to warn the people. This is how the prophets acted. Like the prophets have no right to judge anyone. They have just to relay the message to God. So, you know, what I'm doing, I'm trying to invite my hearers to deal with this very difficult text for our ears in both its parts. Very difficult for our ears in the 21st century. But if you let yourself move through the story by bringing parallels from the Bible, things are simpler than we make them, not simpler than they look, because it's not complicated. We create the complications by imposing certain ethics or ways or views on things. Then the man said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. These are the messengers, because God is coming to strike. Okay? For we are about, the two messengers, under the command of God, Mashhitim, here we go. In Genesis, we have twice the nifal, the passive, and twice the hifil. Because of the outcry, if you hear it in Arabic, it's the sa'aqa, which is the same word that appeared in 4.10 when God addressed Cain that he heard the cry of the bloods of Abel from the earth. Okay, so again, notice that we have these words that we have heard before. And that's how connections are made. Because the outcry has become great before the Lord. Before the Lord means to his face, to his eyes, in his sight. And God has sent us to destroy it. Le shahata. Okay, I'm repeating that verb shahat, this root, which brings to mind chapter 6. What I'm trying to stress here is that the totality of the destruction, okay, at least as planned. And here, le shahata is another form, pi'al, which is used in Genesis 6 in verse 7. So notice the interesting, just to go back to 6, 
we have three forms of the same verb, shahat, and that cannot be reflected except in the original. Very powerful. So, Lot went out and notice now you hear that these daughters were promised in marriage and yet he offered to defend the visitors in his house because God was about to destroy the city and he seemed to his son-in-law to be jesting and joking and let's hear it in the Hebrew we have Musahik, the same verb from which we have Yishak. Okay, now let's hear the RSV. There is no way you're going to connect jesting with Isaac. But in the original, the connection is there. That's the play on the laughing you don't take seriously. What God is saying. So somehow the sons in law reacted towards Lot the way Abram and then Sarah reacted towards God. They don't take seriously what God is about to do. And when morning dawn, now here we hear that the witnesses are angels, which is messengers, Malak, Malakim in Hebrew. Arise, take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment. And the word here for punishment is Awon. And I talked about that again in Genesis 4.13 in conjunction with Cain. When I said that this word is very interesting, its best translations would be burden, onus. And thus, the bad feeling you have when you have done something bad, and also at the same time, the burden of the punishment against you. So, the best way to translate this, not to move between punishment and burden and so on. Just go for one word to keep the connection. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Notice how this verse comes out of nowhere. But it is interesting in the scriptural story because later God would make clear to Israel that I did not push out the nations to put you in your place for your beautiful eyes. No. I punished the nations because the iniquity, their iniquity has been filled. It is full. It is complete. Okay? And that reminds us of Genesis 15, 16 again. Very important, that notion. So God is always the just judge that strikes the iniquitous. He does not do this for you against the other or for the other against you. He does this out of his just 
judgment. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.